Welcome, YouTube creators, to the Tube Labs podcast, because you can't experiment enough or talk too much YouTube. Welcome to the Tube Labs podcast. I am your host, Rosh Sillers. It's so good to have you here. In this show, we are talking about your workflow, your YouTube workflow for success. And it's important to have and understand what your workflow is because if you don't have a plan, it's hard to continue to develop momentum. And one thing you don't want to do is feel like you're starting over each time you develop a new video. Do you feel like you're starting over? I guess that's really the question I'm trying to dig into here. And if you feel like you're starting over, well, then maybe it's because you don't have a plan and you don't have a workflow to build off of. So developing your workflow is so important because as I've mentioned many times before, consistency is important. It's important for the viewer, but it's actually more important for you, I believe, because developing that workflow of consistency will help you keep going through the ups and downs. Now, we get a lot of folks who talk about the ups and downs and are really frustrated about their channel. And you have to remember, every single channel is different. And if you try to compare yourself to the top channels that you see out there, you're going to be very disappointed. And you have to understand, as long as you're moving forward and you're bringing in good new people and a good audience, you're doing great. But to keep yourself going... You need to have a workflow so you don't feel like you're restarting your channel or creating a new video for the first time. You know, you have to understand what it is you're going to do next. And as I've mentioned in the previous shows, one of the best things to do in terms of your next video is to ask yourself, what would the people in the last video appreciate? Okay, that's your first step. So now you have a plan. You know what your next video will be. And then maybe even think about the video after the video you're creating. That's really helpful too. What you do need to do is really write out a list of a few videos that flow from one to another. So you don't have to figure out, oh, now what do I need to do for my next video? You know what it is and keep it maybe two or three ahead and always do your research. Now, there are a number of ways to approach developing a channel. You can go through search or you can go through suggested. Uh, Nico Kaminsky has some really good new stuff on Morning Fame right now related to suggested. He actually has some videos as of recently related to getting suggested. So I would highly recommend you check out some of that stuff over at Morning Fame. That would be really helpful for you if you're interested in suggested. And there are a lot of people talking about search and search is helpful, especially when you're small. And that's when you, you know, you need to start off with that. So think about how you want to make some of your videos for, for search and then some for suggested and start seeing which is working best for you. Now, when it comes to my workflow, let me explain how I go about it. I do exactly what we, I was talking about. I consider my topic and then I, I write a, a headline for that topic so I make sure I'm able to talk about that subject in the video. I will think about maybe some, maybe a few thumbnail ideas or concepts. Now, there are a number of people who are way ahead of that and you know start developing their thumbnails before the video. I like to wait till after, but I do want to take the time. And we'll talk about how I approach that in a moment because that is part of 
the, the workflow. The workflow is the process that you go through to make a video. And that should always go, uh, you should always be continuously trying to improve that process so it's easier and easier to create your videos. One of the things that I will do is I will look at the week ahead and decide, okay, first of all, where is the video right now that I just published? In other words, how well is it doing? If it's doing really, really well, I'll let it ride. I, I, will, I will let it maybe go an extra day or two before I publish the next video. However, if I have a video that doesn't do so well, maybe I get less than normal views, I will then publish the next video sooner. It's sometimes nice to have a few videos ahead and produce a couple videos so you can immediately publish them when it's time to publish them. There are a few people who have worked through this process. Uh, Danielle Patel, Brian G. Johnson uh, have talked about this, and I do like this. Now, some of us like to publish on a specific day of the week, and that is fine too. Maybe it's Tuesday for you or Wednesday afternoon. You can do that too. That's fine, and that's quite often for you and the viewer to keep yourself going through a process. I think for the most part, Understanding that you know you have people that may be expecting your video at a specific time is, is important, but the reality is, you know, you, you can make adjustments along the way. But here, it is also important to get that momentum in the beginning of your video. So I would highly recommend you look at the YouTube analytics and look at the audiences. And there is a chart there they will show you in purple where and when your audiences are watching. So I would also consider that too. So if you're going to skip a day or if you're going to delay a video being published, well, especially if you publish multiple times a week, if you do it once a week, I would stick with that schedule. But if you do it multiple times a week and you want to wait a day or two, take a look and see what might be the better day for the next publishing opportunity. All right. One of the things you'll want to do is understand what is your editing process? What is your publishing process? What is your promotional process? You should really write this stuff down as part of your workflow. So again, you're not rethinking it every single time. So once I create a video and I have a process, the way I go about it is I usually use bullet points. In other words, the things that I want to say as it relates to the video. I don't just start talking like today for this podcast. I pretty much just start talking about the, the topic and I keep going through, through these various topics and I'll edit it out a little bit better later because this is live and there are folks here who are live right now who are commenting. I unfortunately can't uh, respond to you all right now, but I will look back in and see what you guys were talking about maybe during the question and answer. Go through and create a bullet point list and then I will make sure I cover all those areas. I'll decide if I want a long video or a short video, depending on what I'm trying to accomplish. And then I will go through and I will turn the camera on and I generally don't turn the camera off until I am done with the video. That way there's just one or two files and I put it in order and I create the video in order as part of my workflow process. The workflow process helps you stay on target. And because everything is in order, it's now a lot easier for me to edit. And what I'll do is I'll make one pass through of the video 
and I'll cut out the stuff that doesn't belong. Like, in other words, I will do two or three takes of the same thing, and then I'll pick the best one and then go to the next line or topic and do it again. And I'll keep going and I'll put it all together, make it nice and tight in the editing. And then if I feel like there needs to be transitions or maybe some B-roll to keep the interest. I think a lot of times people are wondering, does B-roll really help? I think it does. I think it does. <laughs> in all sincerity, sometimes it's better that I'm not on camera. People enjoy it when I'm not on camera more. And that's a fair thing. So you have to understand what your audience cares about. So maybe they're more interested. I They may be interested in the topic, but not me talking at them, but the B-roll helps keep it interesting. So I have to decide that and, and where I'm going to place it and keep that process. So I'll go two or three or four passes through my editing and, and then maybe, and also put in some music sometimes, not always, and I'll continuously improve and improve that video two, three times, and then I save it, render it, and then I upload it. And from there, you need to understand your upload process. Your workflow has many steps, and the upload process is an important step. In other words, your headline, your description, your tags. Your tags are really for the early search engine. I mean, when the search engine is trying to figure out what your video is about, it's rendering it, it's trying to figure out what you're saying as compared to the title and the description, and the tags can help that process. So it's very important to keep your tags focused in the beginning. Down the line, your tags don't mean quite as much, but your headline is really important, especially if you're going for search, but even suggested, because if you have a headline that gets people's attention, that's going to continue to improve the chances that you're going to get a higher click-through rate. And then your description. And I know for a fact that your description also helps with your SEO. So one thing that I'll do, if I'm going for suggested traffic, I may have a catchy headline, but I'll use the SEO portion. I'll use the SEO portion in the description. In other words, use those keywords in the description. And that seems to be very helpful, especially if I wanna get a little search traffic for that video, even though it's not the main focus. It helps YouTube consider the fact that maybe this is one they could test for a specific topic. And that's the key here. You know, YouTube is always testing and testing your videos. And you either succeed or fail. You'll either get the clicks or you won't. People will either watch or they won't. And that's how your videos go up or down by people continuously watching and clicking those videos. And if they don't, they don't. Then you don't have what it takes for that video. That video doesn't measure up to the one that is um, maybe considered better based on the metrics when it comes to YouTube. And believe me, I have a whole, whole bunch of videos like that. And we all do because you're not going to succeed to improve your channel unless you keep going and not give up. You keep going and you keep improving, trying new things. That's what you do. Honestly, I have done a lot of things that have worked really well and I've done a lot of things that have not worked well. But that's so when you go through that workflow process, you'll start to see and notice the things you can do better each time. So after you upload, decide when you're gonna upload, maybe schedule it, make sure you put in a really good thumbnail and you know what, if, if you have TubeBuddy, you can test and A-B test your thumbnails. That could be part of your workflow process. Maybe you release your video and then maybe three or four days later, you do an A-B test with TubeBuddy and you can see which of those 
those thumbnails works better because that will help you in your workflow later. That will help you understand, okay, while I'm creating my thumbnails and whether you do it before you create the video or after, you, you know what it is that you need to do to improve upon it. In other words, use more words, less words, faces, certain colors. There are many different things to consider. However, I would, in my workflow, I have a basic template that has evolved over time and I have specific colors and textures and words and word colors that I use on a regular basis to help keep the branding element of my, my channel. And that's always evolving, but I like to have some sort of consistency. So if you see one of my videos, you'll probably know, to, know the next video that you see that's a similar thumbnail is mine automatically. It's not even a question. And that should be part of your workflow too. Have a base. Don't start from scratch every single time. Have a foundation and build from there. You know, I, I think it's important to use the tools that you have available. Take the time. And after you launch that video, review. And review what's working. Now, if you feel that it's starting off slow, and again, this should be part of your workflow process. If you feel a video starting off slow, consider why. Maybe it's the topic, and a lot of times it is. But maybe you feel like, I really didn't work as hard on the title. I, I, there could be a better title or a better thumbnail. If it's starting off slow, maybe you start off with replacing and have, again, have that part of your protocol, your process and your workflow. Say, okay, it's starting off about 20% slower than normal. I'm gonna change the thumbnail and see if that, that helps at all. If it doesn't help, then maybe consider changing the title a uh, number of hours or the next day. It, it all depends on how many uh, viewers you tend to get when you start off. For some people, they launch a video, they get 25, some get 100, some get thousands of viewers. So if you get thousands of viewers right when you launch a video, you can make choices a lot quicker about changing things if you need to. If you normally get 1,000 views once you launch a video and you're only getting about 800 in the first 24 hours, well, then maybe you do have a protocol of changing the thumbnail and the title to see what happens. Again, that those those are the things you need to figure out. What is that number? And, and honestly, you do need a reasonable number just to make sure that uh, you, you, know, you have enough data to make a good choice. Now, once you've done that and you've seen your video go for a few days and you, you may or may not have made adjustments, you should go back to your analytics maybe put it, figure out what group it belongs to. You can put groups together and have different groups in terms of different types of videos, maybe different things that you've done. That will also help you understand. For example, I have a group. You can save these groups in analytics, and this is under the advanced expert area. What I will do is I will say, have a group of videos that has maybe a green text to it. Some have orange text. Some may have faces, some do not. Some are a certain color and some are topics. Again, topics being the most important thing. And I can see in different groups, which of these groups are doing better. Certain topics, I can compare the different topics and see, oh, 
my audience tends to like this topic over this topic, or they don't like this topic at all, or they don't even react when I put this type of headline up there or there, or if I use a certain type of image in the thumbnail, the, the click-through rate tends, tends to go down. That's helpful information. Figuring out what you shouldn't be doing is just as important as figuring out what you should be doing as a process. Hey, how you doing? Everyone, good to see everyone here. Someone asked, are you successful on YouTube? I, th I would say I'm moderate. I have other channels and clients that are much more successful than I am that I've supported. How's that for an answer? Um, I'm, I'm successful in social media. I, I've done social media well. I've written books on it. I understand it. Some areas I do very good. Some areas I do very poorly. I mean, that's, that's, I do a lot of testing and a lot of my tests fail. And that's good because that means I know more and I can guide people. <laughs> Oh, I hope you get success. I have lots of success. Thank you all. Uh, what keeps you motivated? One big question is what keeps me motivated? It's the fact that I love creating and sharing. I'm an educator and I love sharing and I love creating videos. So, you know, I put them out there and if people care to watch them, that is awesome. If not, that's fine too. I'm still going to keep making videos because I have a nice archive that I can point people to. If they have questions down the road, I can point them to specific ones. So get sudden boost, uh, boost of views after a few days. Well, one, one way that videos get boosts over a few days, meaning later down the road, sometimes it's a week or a month or three months or even six months or longer before a video catches. And there are a number of reasons. Uh, one of the reasons is that somebody else that maybe had a larger YouTube audience created a similar video or, or a related video. And that video ended up being enough related that YouTube figured, I'm going to recommend this video as the next video. And from there, it was recommended and people clicked on it and people watched your videos. So YouTube said, I'm going to recommend this video more. So sometimes it takes a while for YouTube to pair your videos to the right audience or the right other video. And that can make a big difference. And it's the same with search. You know, as I mentioned before, YouTube is always testing and they'll test your videos with other videos and test your videos within search for various search terms. And sometimes it takes a while for your video to work its way and earn its way up the search category for different terms, not just the term that you put in your your title, but other maybe related searches that your video is the answer to, whatever it may be. And that's what, what can happen. Start, start using, you said you use TubeBuddy. Keep looking for, if you have a smaller channel, look for longer tail keywords to work off of. It can really make um, a big difference, at least to get a little bit of traffic. Because here's the thing. The key is traffic here. You want traffic from an audience that cares. When people go around again, you know, sub for sub, hey, I subbed you, sub me. I don't want to sub you. You don't, you don't even sub me. I, I, you know, because if you don't care about my channel, you're not doing me any good and I'm not doing you any good. So it's important to get the right people. So even if it's long tail search and you're getting some people there, you know, as long as it's a group of people who care and gives YouTube a sense of understanding what type of people like your videos, that can be very helpful, even if it's a small number and it gradually builds over time. <laughs> you're not getting views like me. Well, congratulations. Uh, I'm not getting views like a lot of people and you're not getting views like others. I mean, every channel is different. That is for sure. Somebody asked me what's the proper amount of tags. I mean, I, I wouldn't worry about how many tags so much. 
I would. You know, make sure that you have a branded tag in there, like your name. And I would make sure that you have a couple consistent tags related to your channel. And then a few tags related to the video at hand. If you do that, you're going to be fine. How many? Not, don't, don't worry about it. Don't do too many. No need to do too many. Uh, you want, because if you start doing too many tags, then you're going to start probably going to other areas that's going to confuse or not make it really clear to YouTube what your video is about in the very beginning. You want it to be very concise and focused because if you have certain tags that you use and people tend to like the videos, when you put in a specific tag and people tend to like that video a lot more, YouTube is going to probably show, and this is speculation on my part, that if you have the, say, the tag cars, and, you know, every other video has the tag cars in your videos. Well, people who watch that video with the tag cars and watch it for a long time and seem to click on it are more likely going to be served that video. So it can be helpful, especially in the very beginning. If someone, uh, if some of my videos get watch time lower over time, then why is views increasing? The, here's one of the things. You know, you, you can get a lower click-through rate and even watch time over time because if you have a video that's doing well, YouTube is going to take a risk and show it to more people. And when YouTube takes that risk to show it to more people, your click-through rate is going to go down. Uh, that's why in the very beginning, your click-through rate's higher. Your click-through rate goes down and even your watch time in terms of retention, will probably go down too. But YouTube is doing a calculation here. Yeah, the retention may go from 50 to 40, but there are more people watching, and so more watch time overall. And so, yes, those numbers will go down over time. Sometimes they go up, believe it or not. It just depends on the video. But most of the time, they go down over time because, you know, some of the best videos get a 1% click-through rate after, you know, a million people have seen them. You know, because YouTube pushed that video out and the click-through rate plummeted. But hey, you got a lot of views out of it and maybe a few subscribers too and people that enjoyed your videos. Uh, let's see, Jaguar says he got a video with 300,000 views, but he removed it because it was a diss track. Okay, to, for a personal friend. Hey, fine. You know, it, it may have been funny and people kept watching it and watching over and over again. See, if you have a video that people watch over and over again, that's really good for your channel or your video specifically. And so if people really liked it and watched it again, yeah, and then YouTube's going to find more people who would like that. I have, a, I have a video, but mine is through search that has well over 100,000 views. And, you know, again, it's just answering a question. And quite often in search, that is what is working. How much percent of traffic is good with suggestions? Uh, what percentage? Well, every, every channel is different. You know, the biggest channels tend to get most of their traffic through suggested and browse. But there are a lot of channels that are totally focused on search and do quite well and most of it's search. It really just depends on the channel. 10 to 25% ideal, uh, not necessarily. It depends on what the types of videos you make. That's really what it comes down to. Thank you everyone for joining me on the Tube Labs podcast. It was great to have you here and you can catch me live Eastern Standard Time at 11 o'clock about that. I go live and I record the show and there are some folks in here from around the world who ask great questions and even, you know, poke at me a little bit. And I deserve it. <laughs>
<laughs> it's fine. <laughs> you know, good questions and maybe a little critique. It's all fair. And I appreciate everyone being here. I hope to see you next Monday, 11 o'clock on the Tube Labs podcast. The Tube Labs podcast is hosted at the tubeblog.com.